Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. I wanted to escape my head because my head is so stupid these days. I wanted to be inside someone else's head. Heidi Julevitz, The Folded Clock, A Diary. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by my cousin, friend, and former bookshelf staffer, Ashley Sherlock, to finally share our thoughts on quarantine reading. What is one supposed to read during a global pandemic? Well, we have some recommendations. Hi, Ashley. Hello. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Thanks. What a time. Great time. What a time to be alive. So much fun. <laughs> it's so I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I love it. We're fine. This is great. New experiences. I feel a lot like Jim in that episode of The Office. I feel like I reference it all the time at the bookshelf where he's Pam is going to labor, but she's not going anywhere. And he's like, I'm not crazy. She's crazy. She's crazy. <laughs> Everybody else is crazy. <laughs> And that's a little bit the level of pandemic slash quarantine I'm at right now is just, it feels like half the world is going about their normal life. Half is not. You're just staring at the camera wondering if anybody else understands. Yes. (laughs) So we have not done a podcast episode about quarantine reading because... I don't know. I didn't know what to say for about eight weeks. (laughs) But now you had this great idea to kind of go through these different personalities we're seeing kind of crop up in light of the current global crisis. Mm -hmm. And so I thought we would make book recommendations for every pandemic personality type. Super easy task. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) Not hard at all. I was sitting, staring at my bookshelves going, I feel like I recommend the same books. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So this will be interesting. Also, occasionally, because, because I did feel like being a little extra, I did make other pop culture references on occasion where I felt it was appropriate. Meaning sometimes I also have a TV show or movie to recommend. Oh my goodness. Okay. The whole time I was making my list, I was wishing that we had done TV shows to pair with these also, because that would be super fun. Yeah. So as we record, if you think of one, feel free to interject it because I have a couple, but not, I don't have one for everyone. Gotcha. Okay. So let's jump in. So the first person we're going to talk about is the one who wants to pretend everything is fine. Which I feel like we all are trying to do that to some extent, maybe some of us more than others. Mm-hmm. I certainly I have that shirt now with Ross Geller on the front that just says, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Everything's fine, which has been my motto for a while now. But who knew it would really show its true colors during a global pandemic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what book do you recommend for the person pretending that everything's a okay Okay, so this one was actually the easiest for me to think about because I think this should be alternately titled The Enneagram Nine, uh, (laughs) which I am one. So, and I actually have two. Can I say two? Yeah, of course. Okay, so number one, I am currently pretending everything's fine and 
reading The Office by Andy Green. It just makes me so happy. And I'm super into TV right now. I'm reading The Office and watching Shonda Rhimes' masterclass on writing for TV. So that's oh, like how a, fun. It's, oh, it's such a good pair. But my other recommendation for pretending everything is fine just because of the title is Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. I feel like she would also be an Enneagram 9. Oh, that's such a good one. I had not even thought of that. It's right there in the title, but I, it never occurred to me, but yeah, because she does spend a lot of the book, perhaps to her mental detriment. Right. Well, yes, that is the downfall of the Enneagram 9. Pretending that everything is okay. Oh, I like that. That's good. Thank you. I also went kind of literal, actually, based on title. I picked the book, which I think you might really like. I have not read it yet. It's called How to Be Fine. Okay, I've seen it. Okay, it's this new nonfiction book by this pair of podcasters who their podcast, which sounds genius, is all about reviewing, not just reviewing, but you remember how our beloved Rachel Held Evans did a year of living biblically, but she did it mm-hmm. a year of living biblical womanhood. I think she called it year of woman, biblical yeah. womanhood. So these people are listening to, or they're recording podcast episodes about reading self-help books. Mm-hmm. And then they follow all the rules set forth in a bunch of different self-help books. Okay. So yeah. So I think the book then is kind of an encapsulation of what they've learned. Thanks to basically you know, deep diving all of these self-help and personal growth titles, which I typically like a self-help book until I get about halfway through and then I get bored. (laughs) Well, I just get overwhelmed with self-help books because there's too much stuff for me to be working on all at one time (laughs) while I'm reading this book. So I think this is really smart then because they've basically done all the work for us and put it in one book called How to Be Fine. And what more could we possibly want right now? That sounds perfect. I'm probably going to buy that when we're done recording this. (laughs) (laughs) The next one, I feel like you also have a little bit of expertise in. What about for the new homeschooler? Just the poor kid who's been thrust into learning from home or maybe even the homeschool teacher. Like I think about my brother, your cousin, who is up in Chattanooga trying desperately to adjust to teaching seniors in high school virtually, like via Zoom. Uh, So tell me what you recommend for the new homeschool student. Okay, well, I took this a different direction. I recommended a book for the homeschooling parent. Okay. (laughs) Um, I would suggest the book Matilda, because if I were a parent who all of a sudden is homeschooling my children, I would honestly just want to know that I'm better than somebody else. (laughs) And I think the perfect person to feel better than is Matilda's parents. <laughs> Matilda's parents and um who's the principal in that book? Oh, she's so trunchable. Oh, yes. the worst. So yeah, so this way a parent can read this and think, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing, doing fine. fine. I like that. Look, I do think parents right now, if you're listening to this and you're a parent, you're doing a great job. Yep, you're, you're doing great. You're doing the best you can. <laughs> Mine is one that I've recommended recently on the podcast because I just reread it, but I've been thinking about it a lot since I reread it. So it's Bloomability by Sharon Creech. Oh, you made me read that one time. Do you remember that? Yes. (laughs) I want to make everyone read it. Look, I actually think it's good for, like you said, the parent, the teacher, or the new homeschool student because in the book, Denny is forced, like against her will, to go to the American school in Switzerland. But 
as an adult reading it, I was hit over and over again by how much Denny kind of obsesses over her own resilience and adaptability. Um, she ultimately winds up terming it bloomability, or I think a friend of hers actually terms it bloomability. But she at first feels like maybe she's too adaptable. Like, why didn't she kick and scream on her way to Switzerland? Why didn't she fight her parents more about this decision they made without telling her? And so she kind of has to fight in her head is it good to be adaptable and resilient or does she need to fight a little bit more? And I think all of us are kind of there a little bit. Like, do I need to adapt to this? Do I need to just go with the flow or should I fight it a little? And so I think all of us are Denny, whether we're homeschool kids, poor homeschool parents (laughs) trying to be teachers or teachers trying to adjust to teaching virtually when that was never what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and bonus, this is set in Switzerland where we probably all wish we were right now. So. <laughs> that was beautiful. I love that recommendation. What about, and look, this is who out of everyone in the t- pandemic, aside from probably frontline healthcare workers, the person I feel most sorry for is this next category. It's the graduate with no graduation. Woof. If you're a senior in high school or if you're a senior in college and you graduated with no fanfare, I just want you to know somewhere in middle of nowhere, Georgia, there is a bookstore owner who cries for you every day, (laughs) (laughs) who who weeps openly for no other reason than thinking these poor graduates, like I just... It's not even that I liked high school very much. I think I just feel like these are milestones that we're that. not getting to we're not getting to celebrate. Right. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Or if it does, it's gonna look so different. Like I think there's a local high school that is gonna try to ultimately do a graduation ceremony at some point, but the kids, you know, I don't think I think they walk across the stage but don't do anything. Like they don't shake hands and their diplomas under their chair. And honestly, nothing sounds more depressing so to me. Depressing. Goodness. So talk to me about your book recommendation for a graduate with no graduation. Okay. So again, there's multiple ways you can recommend for this. Uh, Some people might be relieved to not have a graduation. I might be one of those people if I were (laughs) graduating. But I think Here For It by Eric Thomas would be a great choice. It's light. It's funny. It's just about growing up. um, And... I don't kind of like not making things too important, maybe. No, no, I think that is true. Like kind of he gives us much needed perspective in that book, I think. Yes. Not everything feels as weighty. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. I went a very different direction. I love yours because I actually do think a lot of graduates, especially college graduates, where I just, God, can you imagine graduating from college? And I am a big proponent of like the the ceremony and the celebration. Like I practically begged your sister to have to like walk. I just I don't know. I know that's not a big deal for everyone, but I also I don't know. I guess I've been thinking about these college grads. There are some people you never see again. That's after true. College, yeah. like you're spread out all over the country. Like this was it. And so it just feels like such an anticlimactic end. Uh So today, actually, I finished this book called Catherine House. It comes out later this month. Olivia read it and asked me to read it so that we could talk about it because we just spend lots of time alone now. (laughs) (laughs) 
And um, this book is so creepy, all about a an elite kind of boarding school, college, where you go after you graduate high school and you spend three years, but you do not communicate with the outside world. Like you don't leave. There are no summer breaks. You just stay on this campus for three years. There's no TV, no music. You don't get to bring really anything from home. Whoa. It is, it is the creepiest book that I have so many feelings and thoughts about. But as I was reading it, I kept thinking, man, if I was graduating right now, this would make me feel better. Like (laughs) this would make me feel like, you know what? School is a cult anyway. Like It's not a big deal. I could peace yeah. out of here. I don't need a ceremony. Ceremonies are dumb. What is this? <laughs> so literally, yeah, that's exactly what came to mind. I I sat down with our categories this afternoon and I was like, no, I think if I was a graduate and wanted to make myself feel better, I would think, you know what? This is all culty anyway. <laughs> Let's yeah. just move on. So Catherine House by Elizabeth Thomas would be my recommendation. And then I am going to put a plug in here for a movie. We Well, two movies, actually. Obviously, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is one of the best high school movies I think ever made. Uh, and then also Booksmart is available on Hulu. And I have watched it twice. Uh, once it seen that. Oh, my gosh. You would love it. Okay. Well, add it to the list. Yeah, you would love it. It's such a great movie. Very fun about two overachieving high school seniors who all of a sudden, kind of the week of graduation, realize that all of their peers who have perhaps not been overachieving still got into great colleges anyway. (laughs) And so these two overachieving students are like, what did we do and why did we do it? And so I love it. I think it's a great movie. Um, And that if I had a kid in my life who was a high school senior, I would, it's definitely, um, you know, slightly inappropriate, but I would still kind of sit down and watch that with them and just laugh because all we can do right now is laugh or we're yep. just going to cry all the time. Exactly. Okay. Speaking of kind of crying all the time, what about for the person who just is freaking out? They're just, they just can't stop freaking out. What should we recommend for them? Okay. So I feel like my recommendations are following a little bit of a theme, mm-hmm. uh, the theme of everything is fine because I I just want everybody to be happy. I just want peace all the time. Um, and I feel like the person freaking out probably should tone it down a little bit because um, we're all freaking out and that's not going to help anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I think they should read, and this is a simple read. It's The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. Oh, it's yes. so heartwarming. I find it very calming. And the author of that book, whose name escapes me right now, but he has Charlie. a fantastic, yes, he's got a fantastic Instagram where he posts um, his illustrations and captions. And I think they're just beautiful little additions to my day. I think reading that book is kind of a meditative act. Like it feels yes. like meditation. Absolutely. It's like a self-help book in itself. Yes. And it's so... um comforting. You're right. So kind of soothing. That's what I was trying to think. Like if I, I am not by nature a freaker outer. In fact, I'm kind of an underreactor, which has its own problems. When this first started and you closed the store to foot traffic, I was like, okay, so if Annie is like taking <laughs> steps and worrying about this a little bit, then now it's time to worry. <laughs> yeah, I should have been worried a long time ago. <laughs> I do feel like we were talking, Jordan and I were talking, we were, we finally got to go visit my parents and sit on the front porch and socially distant, but like we got to sit together and 
Jordan and I were talking and about kind of personality types and mom and dad were like, you two, we were talking about what happens when like a reactive person marries somebody who doesn't react and kind of how that looks in a marriage. And I think my parents have that kind of marriage. Mm -hmm. And Jordan and I were like, what happens when two (laughs) (laughs) non-reactors marry? On the one hand, it's a very calm house, I will say. On the other hand, occasionally we do not know when to panic. Like, (laughs) I think your mom was the one who texted me when there was a tornado in Thomasville. And she was like, hey, there's a tornado headed your way. So (laughs) you probably should do something. And I was like, oh, okay, we probably should. (laughs) Uh, And so I was thinking there are problems with being an underreactor, obviously. Yes. But for the people in my life who are either overreacting or maybe just reacting normally to, a, like we have said, a global crisis, I have two things. The first is a book that I read years ago called The Folded Clock. I started with a quote from it at the top of the episode. It's just one woman's diary. And I was thinking that right now, maybe what would make somebody who tends to overreact feel better is remembering the mundaneness of normal life. And one day we will go back to that. I mean, it might not look totally the same, but I thought maybe reading something like The Folded Clock would bring comfort to to someone whose life has been turned upside down, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's my first recommendation is The Folded Clock. It's just one woman's diary. There is nothing climactic about it, nothing big or awesome happens. It's really just her normal day-to-day Just her day-to-day. I love that. Yeah. Um, And really beautifully written. She's a great writer. And then I also thought the thing that has helped me stay calm is revisiting, I say classics, but it could be any book you have loved in your past Mm -hmm. because it reminds me of who I was when I read that book. Um, And it reminds me that one day I won't be where I am right now. So I have loved revisiting. So if you're listening to this and you tend to reactivity, then I think it might be nice to kind of look at your bookshelves and think, what book last comforted me? Or what book do I traditionally go to? Yeah, like when I want a warm blanket kind of thing, a warm blanket book. Same with songs or TV shows. When I'm, you know, like whenever something sad happens, like a death in the family or whatever, I just turn to a comedy TV show. Yes, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, like The Office or something like that. Yeah. I think Jordan and I for sure do that. Um, today I was cleaning and of course the DVD I was watching stopped working, which I guess that's the problem sometimes with DVDs. <laughs> and so anyway, I turned off the it turned off the DVD player and an episode of Friends was on and I just left it on because I was like, oh, well, the familiarity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Similarly to the person freaking out, what about the person who's doomsday prepping? What what do you recommend for the person kind of prepping for the apocalypse, which maybe we all should be doing at this point? Who knows? Yeah. Still, though, hard for me to relate um, (laughs) because is there something happening right now? I don't know. I'm fine. (laughs) Now, I haven't read this book since college. And since I read it for school, I probably did not read it as I would have read it now. but I chose The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Oh my gosh. Yes. Did you see Chet is rereading that? Yes, right I did. <laughs> I think that might have given me the idea. Yeah. That is one I think I've talked about it on the podcast, but we had a customer probably at the very start of this, like maybe week two, call in, or maybe it was when we were shopping by appointment. So it must have been week one. And she came in and asked for like my favorite 
post-apocalyptic books and Olivia and I gave her a stack of, I don't know, six or 10 and she bought them all. Like oh my she was, she was going all in. And wow. now I look and I'm like, you know what? If there's something that goes down, I guess I'll be calling up Joanne <laughs> to find out what I need to be doing. Yeah. Ten, wow, man. She was really leaning into it. That's not something that I'm interested in doing with this. Yes. But I would find that depressing. But yes, it's a certain personality type for yes. sure. And I don't think it's either of ours. No. Um, we have seen an uptick in sales. So my two would hit very close to home right now. And I don't know if I want to reread them or be reading them right now, but I do think I've had some customers who do want to be reading them. So the first is obviously Station Eleven, which did you ever read that? No, I, but I've heard you talk about it. So I feel a little bit like I have. Read it. Yes, I wish I think you would love it. I don't think it's for you in this season. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> but it's to me one of the best, most well-written books of the past, I guess, 10 or so years. I think it's amazing, but it's all about what survives after the world basically has this traumatic event. And okay. And it's all about art and culture. And these are the things that will still survive. And I have thought about it often that even in the middle of this pandemic, artists and musicians are still saving us to some mm -hmm. extent. Like that is where I have found a lot of comfort is watching people sing on Instagram, actual singers, though, not the, nor <laughs> not the normal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but like, you know, Drew Holcomb and Ellie Holcomb or Skylar Aston, like sitting at his computer or Ben Platt, like these people graciously offering up their art has brought me comfort. So yeah. I've thought a lot about Station Eleven. And then I've thought a lot about The Dreamers by Karen Thompson Walker. Okay. Haven't read that one either. Oh gosh. It's so good. All about this small town out in California, kind of this small college town. And all of a sudden it starts with the college students, but all of a sudden people start falling asleep. They're not dying but they are completely, they are not able to be woken up and they're just sleeping oh. and it's highly contagious and nobody knows how you get it or what, how to get over it, like the, what the anecdote, antidote is. And so anyway, again, something that would very much hit close to home right now, but it's well-written. And the reason I recommended both of these is you do get to see how normal everyday people kind of respond to crisis. And yeah. I think if you're a doomsday prepper, maybe take a break from prepping and just remind yourself that you're just a person and you're allowed to react to this in multiple different ways. And along those lines, I have also thought of the HBO show, The Leftovers. I wanted to put a plug in for this TV show because it is all about what happens to people who are, I guess, left behind almost by a rapture-like incident. Okay. And Jordan and I binged that show. I guess it was last summer. I don't know what is time, but it's so good and it feels especially true now. Like what do those of us who are to some extent going about our air quote normal lives, you know, I've teased Jordan that I guess now I know at the end of the world, I'll keep going to my job. Like <laughs> that's what I'll do. Yeah, just keep um, working. Yeah, just keep working. So anyway, I wanted to put in a plug for that TV show too. I think it'd make for very interesting watching right now. Yeah, it would. Now, in a totally different reaction, uh, what about the person who's planning her post-pandemic party? Like, she's got to have something to look forward to. What about the person who's looking forward to having people back at her house? What do you recommend? I would recommend The After Party by Anton Disclafani. Another one that I, I think I started it, but I didn't finish it. And I don't even remember why, but it's 
very uh, Gossip Girl-esque, which is just one giant party, I feel like. So, and it's just like a, I don't know, just like a romp to look forward to. I don't know. No, it totally is um, set in like, if, if I remember right, set in, I don't know, 1960s, maybe Texas. Like the 50s or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great pick and would make for fun reading for the person, maybe polishing her pearls and getting ready for, <laughs> for, for what comes next. I recommended, it's one I would really like to read and I have not yet, um, but it is called The Art of Gathering. Um, I was able to hear the author speak at some kind of leadership conference back when we could be in buildings with other people. And it's all about kind of hospitality, but especially how you do hospitality for your business. And I've been thinking a lot, you know, it's a little bit depressing to have to pivot the bookshelf to basically Mm -hmm. not be a gathering place at all anymore. Yeah. Uh, For the time being, that's been fun. There have been tears. (laughs) But one of the things I really loved about this woman when she spoke, and I'm assuming what I would like about the book is it's more than just what you do for an event or for a party. It's just kind of how you have a spirit of hospitality, even maybe when you're not hosting a grand event. And I think there is a way for us, even though we can't have people in our homes right now, there is a way for us to have a spirit of kindness and hospitality. And I think more information about that could be found in The Art of Gathering. So that was my recommendation. Oh, that was so good. I really want to read that book. I I really want to read that book. And I, I would love to read it with my head. I'm having to gear my brain toward what happens if for the summer, the bookshelf can only do, I mean, not what happens if the bookshelf can only do virtual events right. for the summer. Yeah. Um, so what does hospitality and gathering look like in a virtual yeah. space when you're like me and that's not how you like to gather? Right. So anyway, the art of gathering. Okay. Very curious about your next one because this is me. Uh, the one dreaming of a trip she'll never get to take. <laughs> <laughs> what do we recommend for the poor person who can't go on vacation anymore? Uh, what What do you recommend? I did think about you. I knew this one was specifically for you when I was thinking about it. But again, I took it in a different direction because okay. like the person planning their post-pandemic party, this the trip dreamer is also needing something to look forward to. So I thought that that might be not completely satisfied, but it might be helped by a suspense book. So I, for this one, I'm choosing Saint X because it's like, it's a mystery and you're like waiting around um, for all these truths to be revealed. But also it takes place in both the Caribbean Island and New York which I feel like are two pretty decent destinations under normal circuances. So a little bit of travel, a little bit of suspense. Oh, I like that to just kind of get your mind off things. Yeah, it is true. So I think one fun thing that I haven't told Jordan, but I think one thing we should do this summer is finally create photo albums of all of our trips. And maybe that will take our minds off the fact that we don't get to take a trip this summer. Okay. So I like this idea of, here, read a suspense book. You won't even have to think about where you're supposed to be right now. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, it's really just more not thinking about what's going on for me. Um, okay, my recommendation is a little obvious, but everybody, I think, is going to be talking about All Adults Here by Emma Straub. So now's your chance to read her backlist, and I highly recommend The Vacationers. I think it'd be a really fun one to reread right now. It takes place in Mallorca, uh, off the coast of Spain, which sounds 
lovely. Um, it's unfortunate that this pandemic is global because every place has been ruined. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I like pretending that there might be a place untouched by this. And so reading about this quirky family going on their vacation, it's a delightful cast of characters and the setting is great. So The Vacationers by Emma Straub. And my TV recommendation is this show Jordan and I discovered we got a free year of Apple TV, which... Very exciting. Nice. How'd that happen? Uh, he upgraded his phone and got um, – we didn't realize when you upgrade your iPhone, I guess, you get a free year of Apple TV. Okay. And so one of the shows on there is called Home, and it's a documentary series all about these kind of otherworldly houses. We've only watched the first two episodes, but the first episode takes place in Sweden, and it's this house – where he built this log cabin kind of structure and then around it, he built a greenhouse. And so plants grow in between. It is beautiful. And I kind of, it's almost the kind of show that you can watch and kind of drift off to sleep at the same time. Okay. <laughs> but I mean that in the, I, like, I mean that as a compliment, like yeah. it's just, you get to hear these people from other countries, but also like the second episode was this guy who lives in Chicago and he's this fantastic artist and um, he's reinventing the South side of Chicago. And so it takes you, it gets to take you to these places that you're not going to get to visit right now. Um, but it also might inspire a future trip because I form firmly believe one day we will all get to travel again. So anyway, home on Apple TV and the vacationers by Emma Straub. Uh, okay. What about the person who cries every day at three o'clock? <laughs> this is also definitely not me. <laughs> um, but this is one of the ones that instead of avoiding, I kind of leaned into. Mm. So I'm going to recommend The Nickel Boys if somebody listening hasn't read it already. But if you're crying at 3 p.m., look, sometimes you just got to let it out. Nothing's normal right now. And I feel like. The Nickel Boys will really pull it out of you. I, this book had me up way past my bedtime, which I really try hard not to do. But I was up past my bedtime, like, sobbing. Like, I can't, I can't remember the last time I cried that hard over a book. Like, the lip quiver and everything. <laughs> did you see that it won the Pulitzer last week? Yes, I did. Made me so I'm happy. So happy. I'm so happy about it. But that is one that will definitely put you put you in your feelings and might also even lead, kind of lead you into action maybe due to, you know, racial injustice. Book, yes. Yeah. I think might wake you up a little bit, which might be what we need, honestly. Yeah. A new focus. Yeah. Like you, I picked a book. I decided if you're crying at 3 PM and look, this has been me, which as an INTJ Enneagram five, this is truly horrifying, but <laughs> I have found myself randomly tearful at weird, nothing reasons, or yeah. I guess it's my wing six coming in strong. Like all of a sudden I'll be like, what happens when everyone dies? Like <laughs> it's not a good brain space, but I do feel like sometimes that means you just need to cry. Yeah. And so I'm recommending Separation Anxiety, which is a book I read earlier this spring. It's a book I went into thinking it was going to be like this snarky, where'd you go, Bernadette kind of book. And instead, it was all about this husband and wife. And the wife had been 
was in a coma and the husband just kept kind of telling their story out loud to her in hopes that she would wake back up. The premise now sounds sad when I say it aloud, but for some reason it very much looked like it was going to be this dark comedy. It's not. It's very sad, very well written, very good. But if you just need to have like a cleansing cathartic cry, well, here you go. Like this will do it. So it's called Separation Anxiety and I do highly recommend it. Okay. The one whose family is driving them crazy. Again, not relatable at all. <laughs> don't, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, as someone who is living in a house full of a lot of people, I'm going to recommend All Adults Here by yes. Emma Straub. It's just nice to know that you're not the only dysfunctional family in the world. Yes. I guess kind of like, you know, reading Matilda to make yourself feel better about the kind <laughs> of parent you are, thinking yes. about the kind of family member you are and your the kind of family members your family members are. Yes. Just, this helps a little bit. That is exactly the direction I went to. Like we need to know that every family's got its problems yep. and every family's got kind of its weird oddities. So uh, yeah, mine was the family fang which is a great backlist title. Kevin Wilson wrote, um, oh gosh, Nothing to See Here, which I've heard is fantastic, but I have not gotten to read it yet. It's basically about children who burst into flame. So I'm very Okay. (laughs) Um, But The Family Fang is about a uh, family where the two parents are, or the two parents are famous artists. And then they kind of turn their whole family into a performance art piece. Very quirky, very strange. I loved it. And then I also thought about The Nest, which is kind of all about this family who, again, it was very popular a few years ago when it came out, but maybe if you if you missed it, now could be a chance for you to read it. This family where there's like a nest egg and the brothers and sisters kind of argue and, you know, chaos ensues about who kind of gets this, who's going to get the family inheritance kind of thing. And I just feel like you were exactly right. Like sometimes we just need to know we're not the only ones with weird, weird families. Yeah. Um, okay, this is a person who I also feel sorry for. I cry for the seniors in high school and for the grads. And then I just feel anxious for the one whose wedding got postponed. Yeah. That's what? Funny. Oh, my gosh. Can you? I mean, can you even imagine? I cannot. I can't. I'm not a married person, but I'm glad that I am not planning a wedding right now. Yeah. Or I did not plan a wedding. That's right. Cool. Can you even? I. I know you haven't been married, but I feel like you've been in a lot of weddings. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you've been a bridesmaid a lot I of times. I've the bridesmaid roll down. Yeah. And I cannot imagine, like, all the thought and planning and money that goes into your day. And now you don't even know when you're going to have it because nobody knows when life is going to kind of resume. I know. Yeah. There's, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Some people I've seen have just, you know, eloped with their parents and their their closest friends so some people are still making it happen but other people have pushed it back and some people are like still have plans to get married later this year yeah good for them but yeah who knows my hope is with you (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping for you so what book do you have for them I think our stop Laura Jane Williams wrote it um super cute um it's supposed to be kind of lighthearted, funny maybe like a meet cute type of deal Yes. Um, so I feel like it would just be, 
it's really easy. I feel like it'd be really easy to be depressed about not getting married when you wanted to get married. So I feel like this would just kind of be a light way to maybe look back on your own love story or whatever, or just focus on somebody else's. I love that. I do think rom-coms are a good antidote for this particular problem. I don't think rom-coms are great for every one of the people on this list, uh, because I think in some cases they're almost too light right now. (laughs) But I do think for the person who's trying to you know, live through the anxiety of having their wedding postponed. I do think those would be, that'd be a fun distraction. Yeah. Um, mine I recommend, I'm recommending is strangers and cousins. Uh, I read this last year and loved it. It's this very kind of quirky, dysfunctional family. So back to some other things we were talking about, but they're planning their daughter's wedding to be held in their backyard. Okay. And she and her fiance are both artists and they have kind of this super strange, but at the same time, I could picture it being very beautiful kind of artists, hippie wedding and all of their friends kind of take part and chaos around this house ensues. Like the family home is soon going to be up on the market. So kind of father of the bride part two esque. Uh, I just loved every person in this book, kind of like Emma Straub's all adults here. Like I just loved the people in this book. And I think if you have been in the middle of planning a wedding or, you know, right now you're not planning a wedding because it's on hold, I think just to be reminded of the chaos of a wedding and kind of all the things that can go wrong, but also the charm of it all, just so you don't feel alone in maybe disaster. Like every wedding has its kind of dramatic, um, disastrous moment. And so anyway, I think that would be a really fun one to read right now. And it just released in paperback with a new, very new, different looking cover. But anyway, it's Strangers and Cousins. It is lovely and delightful. And I think would be perfect for somebody whose wedding is postponed. Do you remember that one wedding that was in my backyard? (laughs) Oh, I forgot all about that until this very moment. I did too, until you started talking about it. And like the next day was, I think, Thanksgiving or I mean, two days. That's right. Maybe the next week was Thanksgiving. I don't know. But yeah, we had a wedding on our back patio and we were also hosting Thanksgiving that same week and it was wild. Oh my gosh. Then this book would be, you should also read this book. It would feel very familiar to you. <laughs> you, you would felt <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> um, I wanted to get married in our backyard. I don't know if you knew this. And then my parents looked up how much porta potties were and we could not get married in my backyard. <laughs> I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah, I wanted to get married in our backyard and porta potties were like a problem. You have to have bathrooms so people don't go traipsing through your house. Oh, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah. We did it. Made we covered it. every single pandemic personality type. I feel confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that encapsulates just about everyone. <laughs> Um, if you are listening, we would love to know what you are reading right now, what books you have found comfort in, what your reading life has looked like during quarantine. Uh, you can comment on Instagram or you can shoot us an email at podcast at bookshelfthomasville.com. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for having me. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at BookshelfTville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. 
Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Catherine House by Elizabeth Thomas. Ashley, what are you reading? I'm reading The Office by Andy Green. Both really good and very different (laughs) books to be reading right now. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes. Or if you're so inclined, you can support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free shipping on all your online orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week. Thank you.